0: What is going on with this whole politics business? Um, the, the stuff about me will be nonsense. The scene was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call. It. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. Russia should go away, it should shut up. in yeah, we'll try, that's, that's a dodgy view. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to, has anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World? In December, up new pork markets. I mean seriously besties, what the actual fuck? Hiya besties, it's me Jennifer Wan and this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. Things are hectic, everything's in full swing, everybody's back at work um new year same disaster um, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about this week there's been a lot going on and um, we're gonna go through everything so grab a drink grab a snack get comfy and cozy and let's go So we're starting today's episode with a throwback because guess what's back in the news? It's Partygate. Do you remember during COVID when the rest of us were obeying the rules, we were trying to stop the spread, trying to keep people safe and the Tories were just having parties All the time, seemingly. Well, ITV News have released a new podcast called Partygate: the Inside Story. And they really have the inside story. They've been speaking to people that were there. They've been getting all the information. And it does not look good for Boris Johnson, let me tell you that. So Boris Johnson was the Prime Minister at the time. And just an absolute clown. Um... People were really suffering during lockdowns um, and he just did not care. Um, it's alleged in this podcast that Boris Johnson joked to members of staff at the parties. This is the most unsocially distanced party in the UK right now. Ha, ah, Boris, you're so funny twat uh somebody who spoke to the podcast said this i heard the pm speaking and that's when i heard the quote this is the most unsocially distanced party in the uk right now and everyone was laughing about it so not only are they having parties but they're they're joking about it you know they know that they're not supposed to be doing it they know this That's why they're joking, they're laughing, they're making fun of the fact that they're breaking the law and, um, you know, while the rest of us are in situations where we can't see our friends, we can't see our family, people are worried about their health, they're just joking, they're just laughing, they're potentially spreading COVID all over the place, they're having a good, good time and not only that, but they are joking about it. Hmm. (laughs) Right. It gets worse, because of course it does. Of course it does. So uh, people who spoke to uh, the podcast also said this. They said that staff in Downing Street destroyed evidence and started shredding things that would have proved that the parties happened. They started shredding evidence before the investigation began over the lockdown breaching parties at Downing Street. So again, not only do they know it's wrong they start destroying evidence to try and save themselves put it in jail i what the fuck what the actual fuck um so you have Members of staff covering up proof of the party, shredding documents, destroying evidence before the police can actually get in and investigate. And of course, you have to remember, it took the police a fucking while to get round to doing that, which was suspicious in and of itself. Um, On top of that, members of staff uh, allegedly got together and planned out their stories so that they could all write the same things while filling out the police questionnaires about whether they were at this party, so they they all planned it, it it was a massive cover up basically they all got together and they they made sure they had their story straight they destroyed evidence i fucking hell um so there's uh further allegations i i I remember this one from before, uh, but it's it's also now been, um, you know, raised again. Somebody else, you know, in the podcast series has said about this, um, that members of staff at this party were having sex at the lockdown party uh, on the eve of Prince Philip's funeral. So, you know, again, while everyone's locked up, um, the, the Queen is... is by herself she's all isolated on the eve of her husband's funeral and members of downing street staff are are just having sex at an illegal party i mean what what do you even say to that what do you even say um so somebody else who spoke to itv said this in regards to how they felt when they Heard Boris Johnson lying about it because you have to remember when you know when these things were sort of first revealed in the beginning stages of us finding out about Partygate, Boris Johnson was playing dumb and he was like, "Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, <laughs> there were parties in my house during lockdown. I I am so surprised. I am so angry. I can't. Mm, I can't believe it. I will be looking into this. Um, and and." So they they said, we all looked at each other and thought, why the hell is he saying this? He was there. We were there. So Boris Johnson just, just goes on lies. Are we surprised? No, because we know that Boris is a massive liar. Um, but <laughs> apparently his staff thought he would tell the truth, which is a bit naive. I'm not going to lie. Um... But yeah, he goes out and he says, oh, I'm so shocked. I'm so surprised. Is he fuck? Because he was literally there. I... I I just... Fucking Boris, man. The fact that this man... thinks that his behaviour is acceptable, it's okay, he can... ...have his illegal parties... ...he can joke about them... ...he can then lie to the public about them... ...he can lie in the house about it... ...he can... ...because um, you know that's something you got to remember... ...he stood up in the House of Commons... ...and he he denied all knowledge of these parties... ...when we now know... ...he was there... ...he was joking about his presence there... ...he was having a fucking gay old time... ...getting drunk... ...having food... ...having a little dance maybe... ...all that shit... ...he stood up in the house and he lied... About that, um, you know, he he can he can have people destroy evidence of the parties even happening, and so far nothing has happened. And not only that, but we we talked a little a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, about how how the government is putting more money towards Boris Johnson's defence of. Of his mess, um, you know, throughout the investigations and inquiries into that, you know, they are giving our money, taxpayer money, to this fucking mess of a man so that he can defend his lying and his partying when the rest of us were all locked up in our houses trying to actually follow the rules that he couldn't. And he decides, you know, oh, it doesn't apply to me. I'm going to have a party. I'm going to have fun. It's just... It's just peak Tory, really, isn't it? It really, really is. Um, Speaking of Boris, actually, uh, it's been revealed this week that Boris Johnson is living rent-free in a £20 million home in London. Uh, So (laughs) a a donor is letting Boris live rent-free in a £20 million home. Meanwhile, uh, the rest of us, we're all struggling with housing. But Boris, he just he just gets given this shit. He just gets given it. Because, you know, he's Boris. He's Boris. I just... Ugh, fucking hell. I, I really feel that... That there is just... It's just the audacity of it, really. It really is just the fucking audacity. Because... These are people that do not understand, like, reality. Boris Johnson thinks it's all okay. He thinks his behavior is okay. That's why he was joking about it. That's why he's laughing and saying, oh, this is the most unsocially distanced party in the UK right now. There shouldn't have been a party, bitch. There should have been no parties, zero parties. The correct number of number 10 parties during the lockdown was zero but he he doesn't he doesn't get it because he's entitled and he's selfish and he's spoiled and he's ridiculous and he thinks that whatever he wants to do is okay boris he can he can just have a, a 20 million pound house just for free because he wants it he can destroy evidence because he wants to he can do whatever he likes because he's boris and he thinks he's something fucking special well you're not bitch you're just another regular fucking human like the rest of us. Yes, okay, you come from wealth and you think that you're special and you've got all this power. Well, you know what? <laughs> no. No. It it really, to me, um, it displays how unsuitable Boris Johnson is to even be a member of parliament, let alone to have been the prime minister um, this is a guy who has no understanding of the world around him, a guy that is entirely driven by his selfish interests, a, a guy who who literally just does not have any empathy for anybody other than himself. And I I really do feel that it paints a very grim picture of the Conservative Party, that they elected him to be their leader. And not only that, after his his horrific behavior was made public that some of them wanted him back there are still there are still prominent members of the conservative party that are still on the boris train they still want him back as leader and to me that really displays how unsuitable the entire conservative party is for power Just shut it all down So this week, the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, was confronted by Joan Salter, who is a Holocaust survivor, who who spoke about the dehumanising language that the Home Secretary has used um, and how that language can have consequences. I've seen the video. At no point was this lady rude or aggressive she was not she was not endangering anybody she was just making a point from something that she has a, a lot of experience in she's somebody who has survived one of the most horrific things that the world has ever seen and she knows the danger of dehumanizing hateful language All she wants to do is make that clear to the Home Secretary. So in the video, you can see Suella Braverman just refusing to acknowledge what she's saying, refusing to apologise for the language that she's used to describe refugees, asylum seekers, refusing to accept that her language has consequences. And then it gets worse. Because it was revealed that the Home Office actually put pressure on, the Home Office put pressure on the group Freedom From Torture who who posted the original video. They put pressure on them to take the video down. And they refused. They refused to do that. Which is fair, it's right, you know? It's a thing that happened. If Suella Braverman doesn't like how she came across in that video, perhaps she should have tried to have a little empathy and understanding when speaking to to Joan Salter in, in the video, you know? I, it, it's, <sighs> it, it's not right to tell this group, you have to take down this video because it makes the home secretary look like a sociopath. Like, I'm sorry, but no. It then gets even worse, even worse, because because the Home Office puts out a statement and it said this. The Home Secretary attended an event last night and took questions, including on immigration policy. Footage of a conversation with a Holocaust survivor is circulating online. The video has been heavily edited and doesn't reflect the full exchange. The Home Secretary listened carefully to the testimony. She thanked her for sharing her story. The Home Secretary also expressed her sympathy and set out why it's important to tackle illegal migration. Since the footage misrepresents the interaction about a sensitive area of policy, we have asked the organisation who posted the video to take it down. So, uh, no. the uh, The group decided to share the original unedited video to prove that to be completely nonsensical. Um, the Home Secretary still looks fucking dreadful in the unedited video. Um, and the, the edited video, it's not edited in a way that makes the Home Secretary look any worse than the unedited clip does. Like, nothing in the edited video. Like, it, it was literally edited just so that you're not having to sit there and watch, you know, several minutes of an exchange. It's It, it doesn't change anything. The edits don't actually change what was said. The edits don't change what it means. It's it's not like they were, you know, clipping bits of what she was saying out and, and trying to make her look bad. That's not what happened. And when you're in a situation where, as the Home Secretary, you are confronted by a Holocaust survivor. Somebody who knows exactly what they are talking about when they say that hateful and dehumanising language has consequences. And you, you, don't, you don't acknowledge what they're saying. You don't take it on board. You don't have any empathy with them, any understanding. And then, to make matters worse, you go onto fucking twitter.com and you have your government department try and slander a Holocaust survivor uh, and try and, <laughs> try and accuse a Holocaust survivor of not acting in good faith. And, and uh, fucking hell. I'm sorry, but would it have been so hard to just listen? To just listen to somebody who, through the most horrifying circumstances, knows. Has, has the experience to be able to tell you what you're doing is dangerous. What you're doing is going to get people hurt and killed. Please don't do this. Would it have been so hard to just listen But no, instead, Suella Braverman not only ignores what she's being told by somebody who knows what they're talking about, she then uses her government department to try and go around slandering this woman (laughs) and acting as if, you know, it's all some kind of secret agenda against the government. No, no. What, What it was is somebody who... Somebody who has been through one of the most horrific, traumatizing things. Somebody who who has seen the consequences of this kind of rhetoric and is just asking for you to listen. That's all. That that is all. I I'm sorry, but like the the, the government just going after a survivor of the Holocaust is Like, my expectations for this government are on the floor already, but fucking hell. Fucking hell. I I just... Fuck, man. oh disgusting. Um, Suella Braverman should apologise. She should be removed from her post. But she won't. Because, like I've said so many, so many times... Rishi Sunak has no standards for his government. He has no, no standards for conduct at all. He's happy for everybody in his government to just do what the fuck they like. And he'll try and tell you that's not a reflection on him, but it definitely is. And I personally, I think we deserve better than a, a government with no standards. And we certainly deserve better than a government that will go after a Holocaust survivor rather than just recognising that maybe they need to choose their words carefully. That was literally all she was asking for. You know, she she's just saying, please just be careful. Your words have power. You are the government. Please be careful. That's all. And I don't think she's asking for much and i don't think the rest of us are asking for much by asking for a government that's willing to listen to her so let's talk about the nhs the nhs is in the news almost every day uh, at the moment you've got reports about the strikes that are happening across the nhs um, as well as concerns for patient safety and staff safety, the government is absolutely burying its head in the fucking sand. Um, so, I don't even know where to begin with this. I really uh, do not know where to begin with this. Uh, so, Health Secretary Steve Barkley uh, was on LBC talking to Nick Ferrari, and they were talking about ONS figures that showed that last year was one of the UK's highest death tolls ever recorded outside of the pandemic. Now the ONS have no reason to lie; they are they they're impartial. They don't they don't work for anybody. They're just they're just collecting the data. And presenting it, right? They don't have an agenda, Brenda. They're just they're just doing what they're doing. But Steve Barclay decides no. And he's he literally said this: he said, we don't accept those figures. What the fuck do you mean, bitch? What do you mean you don't accept them? What does that mean? What does that mean fucking delusional delusional what what do you mean you don't accept them well I'm sorry I'm sorry do, do you think do you think coroners are, are lying about about how many people have died do you think doctors and nurses are lying do, do you think the ONS has taken all this data and just fucked it up no I'm sorry whoa I don't we don't accept these figures I this is what I'm saying just the delusion of the conservatives is off the scale they really just are not engaging with what is happening at all you know if if you if you look at the NHS it's very obvious that the staff are doing the best that they can they really really are they are working tirelessly um it is absolutely heartbreaking to see what the staff are going through. But if there's if there's a rise in death figures, it's not because those staff are not working hard, which is is something that again Steve Barclay has accused them of. You know, he has said that you know if if NHF staff want a pay rise, they have to they have to work harder for it. They can't they can't work any harder than they are they they are literally burning themselves out that they, they, I, I i mean a health secretary should know this but you know this is the tories we're talking about um so he's not engaging with the reality these staff are working as hard as they can they are flat out more deaths are happening because the nhs has been neglected because there are not enough staff available one person can only do what one person can do nurses doctors healthcare assistants they're not superhuman yes what they do is incredible but they're not they're not fucking superhuman they don't have powers they don't they're, they're literally just human beings, they can only do so much, and if the government is not going to engage with this crisis, then whether you accept these figures or not, Steve Barclay, they're going to rise next year, because more people will leave the NHS, they will also leave social care, which is another factor in this, and... More deaths will happen because there will be less people, which means they can do less. I, I, I'm sorry, it's it's very, very simple. And the worst part is, is that I know that they understand. I know that the government understands this, but they're pretending that they don't. They're pretending that what the what the problem is, is that the NHS staff are just not working hard enough, you know, they're pretending that it's it's the, the NHS staff are just being difficult and annoying. No. <laughs> That's not it at all. And and they know that to be true, but they they refuse to engage with it. They refuse to be honest about what is happening. And so not only do the disputes continue, but the danger to patients and to staff also continues. Because that is what's at the core of these strikes. That's what's at the core of the disputes. If it was just about money, if it was just about money, I mean, honestly, there there are plenty of higher paid healthcare jobs people could take, you know, but it's not just about money. It's about patient safety. It is about the fact that if you if you have a decent wage that attracts more people to the NHS that means conditions are safer that means that everybody gets what they need that's that's what these healthcare professionals professionals by the way people that are that have the experience, they're qualified, they know what they're talking about. They are in those hospitals day in and day out. Steve Barkley only goes to a hospital when he needs a fucking photo op. What the fuck does he know? I will trust the NHS workers who know what they're talking about over some jumped up moron in a cheap suit who thinks he knows better than them. Because he doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. Um... They are not asking for the world, that's the thing. They're asking for something very simple. And the government is just refusing to grow up and face reality. And I just... I d- <sighs> and, and they are endangering lives by doing that. They are. They are endangering people's lives by refusing to look at reality and and get on with improving things for everybody meanwhile guess who is engaging with reality it's the scottish government must be nice to have a government that isn't run by children um so humza yusuf um announced this week uh, up in Scotland, he is the Cabinet Secretary for Health and Social Care uh, and he announced that um, that there's a pause on industrial action as they've had constructive talks to try and sort a pay deal for striking workers in Scotland in the NHS, in Scotland's NHS um, they have a way forward. There has been positive engagement, good faith engagement, because the unions in Scotland, they know that they can actually have a conversation with with the government there and they'll actually be able to speak to an adult. They'll be able to speak to someone who's willing to engage with reality. And, well, it looks like, looks like they've got a positive way forward, which... We don't have here in England because the Conservatives are refusing to face reality. Am I surprised? No. Um, what I am surprised by, slight subject change, but not really, because we're still talking about the NHS. I want to talk about the Labour Party. Um, and I, I want to talk about Labour and the NHS. Um... So, the NHS is something that that the Labour Party have been big fans of for a long time. They, girl, they invented her, um, and and you know I I think that's right. And they they have been calling for you know better conditions, better pay, and and many things for many years, for NHS workers. But recently, there's been a strange sort of change of tone from the labor party and it's very very weird. So I talked a couple of weeks ago about Wes Streeting who is the shadow health secretary um and his his kind of attitude to the NHS. Um and and he's well he's done it again. Uh he he was speaking to the i which is a newspaper um and he said That the NHS is too often run for the benefit of doctors, not the patients. What the fuck does that mean? And who is it for? Okay. The, The weird thing is, right. The public mood right now. I do not think I know anybody that wants to hear, you know, people attacking nhs doctors like i i i i don't think anybody wants that because i think unlike the uk government the the public is engaged with what's going on and they know what's going on you know many people will know someone who works in the nhs so they know how difficult it's been for the for the hard working people of the nhs many people even if they don't know someone that works in in the nhs they will They'll they'll just have a bit of awareness and they can see how difficult things are and how hard doctors and nurses, healthcare assistants, the admin staff, everybody in in our hospitals and our GP surgeries, how hard they're working. Most people can see that. So I don't think that there is anybody looking for the opposition to come out and start talking shit about doctors so who is this for? Like, wh- who are you talking to, West treating. Who is it you're trying to appeal to with this sentiment? Because I don't understand what the fuck... Why? Why? Who is this for? I... What we need... What we need is opposition parties to be open and frank about the fact that the UK government is failing our health service and failing the rest, just everybody, because they refuse to, to engage with the crisis. They, infu- they, re- they refuse to engage with what it is our healthcare professionals need to take care of us. What we need is our opposition parties to be strongly behind our NHS. So what the fuck is West Street doing? What is this? I don't... Girl, I Okay, so he, he also said this. I think the history of the NHS, since its foundation 75 years ago, is one where successive governments do run into resistance to change within the professions. The skill for politicians is to okay, it's to distinguish between legitimate challenge where better ideas are required of us, but also sometimes saying, actually, the status quo is driven by the provider interest, producer interest, and not by patient interest. <sighs> okay. <sighs> Fucking hell. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you think that doctors being stuck in their ways is the fucking problem right now, then you're not engaging. You don't understand what you're talking about because that's not the case. Doctors being resistant to change is not the problem. The problem is that there's not enough doctors. So that those doctors are busy trying to fucking save lives, right? They don't need you coming after them and attacking them for... For no reason, really. Like, I I don't. I genuinely, I don't think that the problem with the NHS is that, you know, doctors are sticking the muds. I don't think that's the issue, Wes Streeting. I think what the issue is, is that we don't have enough of them. As a, every doctor working in our health service is fucking knackered, mate. They are doing everything they can to keep us safe, to save lives. They don't need the opposition fucking coming after them. And it... <sighs> It's embarrassing to see this shit from the Labour Party, I have to be honest, especially as you've got other opposition parties who get it. You know, you've got, you know, the SNP, you've got Plaid Cymru, um, you know, the, the Greens who are engaging with what's going on. And they're offering helpful solutions such as, oh, I don't know, improve conditions and and, and pay so that we can get more people working in our health service, cut down on waiting times, cut down on backlogs, have a better quality of living for the people that keep the rest of us alive, so that we can make sure that the NHS is the absolute best it can be. They they are not jumping on this and, and fucking attacking the health you know, the healthcare workers because that's That's nonsense, that's bullshit, that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, nobody knows what the Lib Dems are doing because, like, it's the Lib Dems, man. It's the Lib Dems. Um, Things then got worse for the Labour Party because Keir Starmer, he was speaking to Laura Kunzberg this Sunday and he said a number of things, including this insane take. Um, One of the things we've put forward... Self-referrals. So individuals don't have to go to a doctor in order to get referred to specialist help. Okay, I mean, that I don't really have major issues with, although I will say... You know, I I do worry that, it, you know, we'll end up with a situation where people effectively can't get to a doctor because they're just being told, oh, go and self-refer, go and self-refer. And then they never get to actually speak to a doctor because sometimes, you know, you have an issue and, you know, maybe you just genuinely need to see a doctor. I, I don't think that we need to be encouraging people away from seeing their GP if, if that's what they need. But OK. But then Keir Starmer goes on to say this. If you've got internal bleeding and you just need a test, there ought to be a way that doesn't involve going to see a GP. Internal bleeding? Internal bleeding? Internal bleeding? Girl, what is this? I... Bitch, what the fuck are you saying, girl? Girl. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? Oh my god, he then he he then said this as well in the telegraph. He said, "Why if you notice bleeding, do you have to get a GP appointment simply to get the tests that you then do yourself at home?" Look, if you've got mysterious bleeding that you don't know where it's coming from, you should be seeing a doctor. You should. The medical the, the medical field has been advising us for fucking years to not be diagnosing ourselves on, on fucking Google or whatever. If you've got strange bleeding and you don't know what it is, you should see a doctor immediately. Immediately. Listen, I am not a medical professional, as you may know. And most of my medical knowledge just comes from Casualty and Holby City. RIP, baby, we miss you. Um, by the way, my favourite character on Casualty is Jan. I don't know why, but that feels like important information. Anyways... So, you know, I'm not a medical professional and I don't pretend to be. But even I know that if you have strange bleeding and you don't know where it's coming from or or you have internal bleeding, you need to see someone as soon as you can. You don't have time to fill in a fucking online form to self-refer, wait for some tests to come in the post. And, and, like, you don't have time for that. You need to get to a fucking hospital or you need to get to a doctor, like, ASAP what the fuck? Internal bleeding? Self-refer? Do a fucking test at home? Keir, Star- Keir Starmer? what are you saying, girl? What does that... Look, Keir Starmer's not a medical professional either, as you can probably tell, considering he's going on the television and telling people if they've got internal bleeding that they should just fill in a form and do a test at home. But what the fuck? And I'm sorry, but it is kind of dangerous, really, for... The leader of the opposition to be going around saying this shit in a newspaper and then on television. Like, what? Fucking what? What? Oh my God. Oh my God. I. Christ on a bike. Um. So in summary, um, it really does seem like the the two major parties, as they're called, you know, neither of them really seem to be getting to grips with this. And it's really concerning because this is our, this is our health at stake here, guys. Can we fucking get with it? Can we wake the fuck up? Because what the fuck, bitch? Let's talk about scamming and scheming because they're still at it. They are still at it. It has been revealed this week, Sky News did a little deep dive into Westminster accounts and they revealed that many in Parliament have been avoiding taxes on their second job. So not only have they... Have they got the audacity to have second jobs when they have a very important job to begin with? But they're also dodging tax on those second jobs. So there have been. <sighs> oh my God. There have been uh, some explosive reveals in regards to this. Um, hmm. They've got a little loophole. So they create personal service companies, and that's part of what helps them to avoid tax so the tax rates on those companies are are different to if you just get paid like you know standard like a normal way um and so they're able to reduce their tax bills on second jobs by doing those second jobs through these personal service companies rather than like you know pay as you earn or something like that um it's legal but like um it's gross I would say I would say and I I would say it's scummy behavior personally Uh, one of the people caught out doing this is the leader of the liberal democrats Ed Davey um, who has received earnings from second jobs through a, a company that he set up to avoid tax. Let's be real. Um, and... I mean, who's shocked? Who's shocked? So, Ed Davy and his wife um, apparently took advantage of a loophole that allowed reduced tax rates to be paid on money taken out of a company when it's closed. So... Um, they earn this money. they keep that money there, and they take it out just at the last second when it's when it's been closed so that they don't have to pay as much tax um they liquidate the company and then you could you can start it up again so you can get a bunch of you know money earned under this company effectively, shut it down, take the money, not pay much tax on it. And then start up again. The only rule really is that you have to leave like a gap. I think it's about two years before you can do it again. Um, and again, yeah, technically it's legal. Technically it's legal. But just because something's legal, that doesn't mean it's right. And I would say that the only reason it is still legal is because the people in power are taking advantage of it. Um <laughs> fucking hell fucking hell I just I'm sorry but I'm so fucking tired of of the scamming I really am I just think it's disgusting I I always pay my taxes because you know it pays for all sorts of things that we need you know, it pays for the kids to have a good education. It pays for older people to have the care they need. It pays for, you know, roads and things. Everybody needs a road, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm I'm happy to do it. You know, yeah, sometimes I'd like the extra money for myself, but it's the right thing to do, isn't it? And And the rest of us, we're all paying our taxes, right? Because, again, it's the right thing to do. So why is it that so many of these people that are elected to a position of trust and responsibility think that they're too good to pay their taxes? What what is that? Why do why? Why? Um speaking of tax dodgers, the uh former Chancellor, Nadim Zahawi, Tory MP, um, so he, for a very long time, has been running away from speculation about his tax affairs, um, mainly because he's a scammer too. Um, it's now been revealed that he will be paying several millions of pounds to HMRC to settle a dispute. That seems pretty fucking suspicious to me. Now, he kept going on about how he'd done nothing wrong, nothing bad was happening with his taxes... He's definitely paying his taxes correctly. Well, then why are you paying out several millions of pounds to HMRC? Huh? Why are you doing that now? Is it maybe because you've been fucking about with your taxes and not paying them properly for years, and now you've got a massive tax bill? Is that maybe what it is? I think, I think it is. I think, I think it really is, you know. I, again, why is it, why is it that he feels he doesn't have to pay tax? And he's only doing it now because everybody's found out what he's been doing. Entitlement. Selfishness. Sociopathy, maybe. Um, It was also pointed out in a lot of the reports that uh, the Cabinet Office um, raised a red flag about Nadim Zahawi's tax affairs to Boris Johnson um, before he was appointed as Chancellor in July last year. And that was basically ignored. Because of course it was. Of course it was. Uh, Let's talk more fucking scamming. Because the Tories are always fucking at it. I... Mate. Mate. So let's talk about Secretary of State for Scotland, Alistair Jack. Who is now facing questions after a company that he owns was given a £2 million COVID loan from the government. £2 million. Now, I feel it's important to add a little context here. By the way, Alistair Jack is a very, very rich man. It's estimated that he is worth £25 million. Um, so you have to wonder why he couldn't just do what most responsible business owners would do. And, you know, if your company's struggling and you can afford to put some money back into it, why not do that instead of taking taxpayer money? Hmm? And yet. Uh, so... (laughs) Uh, they they got a loan of two million. Because of course they did. Of course they did. Um another bright idea from Rishi Sunak uh so a company that he owns um it's a a, a string of gyms um <laughs> god oh my god and the company is called One Rebel and they were given 2 million pounds of tax taxpayer, taxpayer money um in covid loans um the government recently won the right in court to keep the names of companies who received covid loans a secret um and the government also has not bothered to try and get some of them back uh there are many people that many businesses that took COVID loans that didn't actually need them, basically just took the money and ran, have not paid it back, probably never will pay it back. And the government has now won the right to keep that a secret. So that's, well, that's fucking dodgy, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> Alistair Jack's company, One Rebel, uh, not only did it seemingly scam its way into £2 million of what is effectively free money, they've also... <laughs> Uh, they're currently in breach of the law because they have not filed up to date accounts with Companies House. So, wow, well. are <laughs> surprised? Not me. Um, I'm just I'm I'm just saying, like, this is a man who's incredibly wealthy. He's a millionaire. Are you telling me he really needed the same support that like small businesses needed? You're telling me that? Cuz I don't think so. This this gym charges people hundreds of pounds a month to use it, by the way. So that they probably more than made up, you know, what they what they were losing. They also claimed furlough money as well. Um so they were they were not really having difficulty paying staff and staff during the lockdowns. So what exactly did they need the money for? You know, what, what did they need it for? I, I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm just asking. Um, Alistair Jack seems to like taking other people's money because uh, it was also revealed last year that That he was claiming money for his gas and electric bills. Despite being incredibly rich. I really cannot stress this enough. This man is fucking loaded. Like, obnoxiously rich. Like, Scrooge McFuckin' Duck rich, you know? He does not need to be claiming expenses and shit for his utilities. And yet, he claimed over £4,000 for his second home for utilities. Um... Meanwhile, <laughs> the rest of us were just left to struggle with it by ourselves. But you know, he's all right. He's doing okay. He owns so much shit. Like he owns a fucking country estate. Like what? What the fuck? He's he's a millionaire. He is a, a literal millionaire. And he's claiming money left and right for all kinds of shit. And I just I can't. I can't. I fucking can't. Um, He also was in the news this week for just a bizarre comment. He was speaking in the House of Commons and he said that Scotland had no desire to be part of the European Union. Now, bitch, what the fuck? Okay, listen, firstly, Scotland didn't even vote to leave the European Union. They wanted to stay and they were dragged out against their will by your government, bitch. What are you talking about? Um, And polling consistently shows that support for rejoining the EU, previously staying in the EU, just, just anything EU related, is often. very strongly in favour of the European Union in Scotland, and actually, it's, it's it's rising across other parts of the UK as well. Um, Northern Ireland again was was a country that voted to to stay in the European Union, and they were ignored too. Um, I just. Look, I get it. The Tories are not exactly known for their Secretary of State and their Cabinet Ministers and everything, knowing anything about what they're supposed to be doing. But this is just ridiculous, man. You're the Secretary of State for Scotland and you don't have any clue, any idea about the country that you are the Secretary of State for. What the fuck, bro? What are you talking about? What are you doing? Although it was very funny watching Scottish Twitter just drag the man. It was very fun. I had a lovely time. I always have a lovely time on Scottish Twitter. They're a great bunch of people. Um, But yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. Really? What the fuck? What the fuck? Uh, stick on with Scotland for a second. Let's talk about Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister oh god he he will not stop taking private jets places he won't stop he must be stopped but he won't be stopped i can't he took a taxpayer funded private jet to go to scotland to talk about green tax breaks i bitch do you even know what green means have you have you ever heard of a train Get that bitch on the mega bus. I'm not even joking anymore. I'm serious. And you know what? Sit him in the seat right by the toilet because bitches need to learn. I'm sick of this. Fucking private jets to Scotland. Bitch, you can get a train. It's not hard. You You could even drive. I mean, it's a bit of a long drive, but you could do it. You could just set off, you know, late at night, um, you know, because let's be real, it's not like the Prime Minister drives himself, is it? You just have a bit of a nap in the back of the car. I fucking private jet. A, a flight to Scotland is like 45 minutes to an hour. and And, and the fucking emissions that come from a flight like that. Especially a private jet it's not even you know it's not even like you know there are a hundred other people on the plane it's literally just him and a couple of members of staff it's so wasteful, so stupid, so entitled i can't I fucking can't when I tell you i i can't i can't um and now for a complete change of subject. <laughs> so uh you may have heard that the government has made changes to how you vote so from may 2023 where there will be local elections you will need photo id to vote um this is why i am currently in the midst of applying for a provisional driving license am i going to learn to drive probably not but still, I need something with my name and face on. And it was cheaper than a passport. Costs of passports, by the way, are going up from February. Um, so if you're going to be renewing your passport, it may be an idea to do that as soon as you can, so you don't get scammed. Um, you will need photo ID to vote from May. So the government's... Oh, it's a massive scam. Um... There are some forms of photo ID that, you know, are accepted depending on basically how old you are. For example, um, uh, travel passes for older people are accepted, but, you know, young persons, travel cards and things like that, not accepted for some reason, even though they are effectively the same document. So there's a lot of ridiculousness. Many people have theorised that it is an attempt to disenfranchise uh, younger people and people on low incomes, I've got a tip for you. I've got a tip for you. I've got something to tell you. If you would like to get some ID and you don't have ID, right, there is a little something that you can do. There is a little... Something you can do. If you don't have a ton of money available to you, which we're in a cost of living crisis, so that makes complete sense. There is something you can do. Currently. Currently, you can make an application for a citizen card, right? So, you would go to their website, which is citizencard.com, and I've got news for you. I have got news for you. You can get a discount. Oh, yes, you can. You can get a discount, and that discount is free. you can get a free you can get a free one it's the best discount of all it's free uh if you use the code free voter id you can get a citizen card for free um which will be accepted as voter id so if you are panicking if you're worrying that you don't have what you need citizen card have got you so At least someone is is being responsible in this ridiculous timeline um, because we can't exactly rely on the government to do it, can we? So, Andrew Bridgen... uh, was a Tory MP. He's been on a bit of a journey. Um he is currently ve- very, very obsessed about the COVID vaccine. Um he has been tweeting about it non stop. He has been talking about it all the time to anyone that will listen. Um, and this week he posted a tweet um and he said as one consultant cardiologist said to me, "This is the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust." No, absolutely not. No, 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 fucking no. Um. So he's referring to to the vaccines. He's saying that the th- basically that the vaccines were unsafe and that they kill people, and uh, it's the biggest crime against humanity since the holocaust okay so first and foremost um one of the things that has deeply irritated me and it's it's not just a you know anti lockdown and anti vaccine people that i've seen do this but I, i've seen over the last few years just a huge amount of trivializing the the holocaust effectively just comparing anything that you don't like or anything that you're unhappy with to the holocaust and it's something that i am really unsettled by um because i feel like people are not recognizing firstly what the holocaust means it's it's not just a a word you can slip into a sentence to describe something that you don't like it was a horrific traumatizing genocide there there were so many people lost to that and the generational trauma of that is still felt today it is not something to compare to ever it, and it it is frankly and i'm i'm just going to fucking say it i feel it's appropriating the, the trauma of the victims of their surviving relatives and 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 for you know frankly of 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 the jewish community as a whole and i am so unsettled by how normalized it has become um another place that i've seen it i <laughs> What <laughs> watch them take away my rainbow card for this no i'm joking i'm not gonna be one of those people that's like oh i'm gonna get cancelled for this because i probably won't like no one's no one's gonna come after me but i'm just i'm just fucking saying i've seen some people in the lgbt community compare current life as lgbt people with the holocaust and i'm sorry but again fucking no no I Look, is, is my life always a 100% easy as an LGBT person? No, I have my difficulties and I have my problems, but it's not comparable to the Holocaust. I'm not going through what those people went through, so I do not have a right to compare my situation to that. And Andrew Bridgen does not have a right to compare vaccinations to that either. Nobody does nobody stop appropriating the trauma of holocaust victims stop appropriating their, their their lives and and what happened to them and comparing it to things that are absolutely not comparable stop it enough i so the Tory party actually acted quickly for once and they they suspended the whip from Andrew Bridgen um over his comments um that didn't stop him though like his entire timeline is is just anti-vax stuff um which is uh, weird weird content to see um just non-stop all the time Talking about the vaccines on Twitter. Um, I I wonder what what's going on with him. I don't know. Um, but the Tories seem to have washed their hands with him. Um, Conservative MP Andrew Percy said, No member of my party should be pushing this crap. Um, so obviously you've got the the comparison to the Holocaust, which is deeply offensive, um, and many people have have labelled Andrew Bridgen as anti-Semitic for making that comparison, um, including um, <laughs> the patron saint of <laughs> of the chaotic nature of this podcast, Matt Hancock, um, who who is also. Uh, uh, an MP without a whip. Um, and he uh, said in the House this week, uh, during Prime Minister's questions, he he condemned what Andrew Bridgen said and asked for the Prime Minister to condemn it. Um, he referred to the remarks as disgusting and dangerous, anti-Semitic, anti-vax, anti-scientific conspiracy theories. Um, he then posted a clip of him saying that on Twitter um and Andrew Bridgen kicked off and said Matt Hancock has still not removed his defamatory tweet falsely alleging that I am anti-Semitic I will allow Matt three days to apologise publicly for calling me an anti-Semite and racist and he, or he will be contacted by my legal team. Here's the thing though Andrew, there are a number of Jewish people that have pointed out that yes, what you have said is anti-Semitic, so I'm j- I'm just saying again can we just can we just not just not compare things to an incredibly traumatic and horrifying event that happened to a community that is constantly having their history and 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 their trauma taken from them and appropriated and 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 weaponized in this way, can we just not can we just fucking not um you know if you if you don't want people to say these things about you, Andrew, you should perhaps just fucking not um you know that there's also the the vaccine aspect of it all um he is in the... Well, he was in the Conservative Party. In the Conservative Party, one of their biggest um, achievements over the last few years has been the vaccine rollout. So, I would imagine that they don't like uh, one of their MPs talking mad shit about it. Um, I... Like I said, I'm I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but a lot of the anti-vaccine stuff that I'm seeing online, um, I will say, not to cast aspersions, but I am seeing a lot more of it just casually crossing my timeline, mainly from people that I don't follow, um, since Elon came to town, so that's interesting, <laughs> um... On On Twitter, they, they've changed the way your homepage appears. So it doesn't show you, like, directly, like, you know, your curated timeline first try. You have to go and change things around to see it. And and I am seeing a lot more kind of um, anti-vax stuff, which is really weird because I don't follow anyone that would be posting that. So that's been unusual to see. Um, But, you know, the, the content that I am seeing... A, a lot a lot of <laughs> a lot of the evidence that they have that you know the vaccines are are causing a large number of deaths for example a lot of the evidence they have is very weak like the, it just it doesn't really check out so i i do question that um i do understand how you know how some of it might be convincing, you know, if I could say that. Like, obviously, it hasn't convinced me, but you know, I I do understand, you know, why some people would look at it and and sort of think, yeah, okay, I agree with this. However, it is kind of concerning for an elected official to be one of those people. Um, especially as he's kind of locked himself in an echo chamber, he seems to only be listening to people that agree with him and he's not willing to look outside of that and speak to anyone that could maybe offer him another perspective. And that, that's, that's concerning because he is, you know, of course he's a representative for his community and he is also their voice in parliament, um, He has voting power. He can cast votes on things that affect people day to day. And it's a little concerning that he is stuck in this mindset and not really willing to engage with anything that doesn't exactly support what he thinks and believes. Um, It's concerning. That's all. Um, So he's had the whip removed. um, But he's still very insistent that he is entirely right i just want to say uh now that everyone has has decided they don't like andrew bridgen i didn't like andrew bridgen before because um he had this habit of yelling very fucking loudly um in in the house of commons like a lot and i found it really annoying and then i figured out Uh, that it was him and I just sort of immediately decided I didn't like him. So So I've been on this train for a while. Um, But yeah, so hello and welcome to all the people who've now decided they don't like him either. What's up? We meet on Thursdays. Um, There are some people in support of him, though. Uh, Conservative MP Adam Holloway spoke to GB News and said it was woke of the Conservative Party to suspend the whip from Andrew Bridgen. Uh, for his his posts woke <laughs> enough 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 i am done with it no way stop just stop saying woke just stop just shut it down shut it all fucking down i'm sick and tired of it because people do not know what it means anymore and you're just using it randomly. I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm I'm done with it. Um so yes Andrew Bridgen is is currently an independent who knows what the future holds um who knows what's gonna happen with him but I can tell you that his yeah his Twitter feed is still pretty much just non stop anti-vax content and he's he's posting like several times a day just the same kind of stuff it's nothing new um just the same repeated um repeated stuff and i it's it's concerning i'm not gonna lie um (laughs) because oh jesus I I get it. People get lost down rabbit holes. I understand. I do. But like I said, it is a little concerning that a, a sitting MP can get stuck down there to this extent. It really, really is. <laughs> all right besties that's all for this week but i will catch you again next week and we'll have lots more fun love you bye thanks for listening bestie i hope you enjoyed the show and i will see you again next time for a new episode of what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business stuff about me paddle boarding. nonsense. The scene was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. Russia should go away, and should shut up. in yeah, try, that. that's a dodgy view. I do know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Paz? I have mean, who's been to Peppa Pig World? In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously what the actual fuck love you bye